0: Episode 132 Above Ground Podcast, Wild Horses, with Laura LaRue from Therapeutic Horses of Saratoga. Disclaimer, the host of this podcast, Timothy Patrick and Will Foley, are by no means medical professionals. However, having lived experience with mental illness themselves, they have gained useful perspectives on common mental health issues that some of us struggle to overcome on a daily basis. By sharing their stories, they hope to create connection. By creating connection, they hope to help you find your purpose. And through purpose, we can all begin to build the foundation for positive mental health. This is Above Ground Podcast. Are you ready to lace up your boots, throw up your horns, and jump into the pit? Then let's stomp the stigmas of mental illness. It's time for Above Ground Podcast. Now, Will Fully and Timothy Patrick. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Above Ground Podcast. Above Ground Podcast. Because you can't serve below. That's right. You know who that is. You down with TPP.
1: Yeah, you know me.
0: Ah, Timmy. What's up, man? It's a Sunday morning. What's in your, Sunday. what is in your beverage cup this morning? You got a little tea in there or what? Tea. Tea. Yeah. Tea
1: with a little extra honey.
0: Yeah. 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 I got a little coffee and coconut water going on here. Oh, wow. I'm not sure which is better at this point. Neither one of them them seem to be doing the trick. Um, So we are on Zoom, which means we are here for another above ground podcast interview. And we are joined this morning by Laura LaRue, who is the, I want to say, owner proprietor of Therapeutic Horses of Saratoga and Therapeutic Horses of Saratoga's mission is to rescue and retrain retired racehorses to become valuable partners Uh, with people engaged in therapeutic programs. And those therapeutic programs really are based around mental health. And I am so grateful that Laura has been able to join Tim and I this morning. So Laura, thank you very much for joining us. And tell our listeners who you are and what you do and why you do it.
2: Great. Thank you all so much for having me. Um, My title is actually Director of Equine Care. So founders are um, Aaron and Jim Sisk. Um, But I do a lot of social media communications and all that stuff uh, as part of my job. Um, So I've been with therapeutic horses for just over three years now. Um, And uh, as my title, Director of Equine Care, basically, I'm in charge of the care of the horses as well as um, the overall program of making sure that um, people are able to get the therapy, training the horses, uh, leading. Uh, co-leading the volunteer program, et cetera. So um, I come from a place of uh, mental health and horse background. Um, I wanted to, I went to school originally, got my bachelor's in psychology, uh, interested in in getting my counseling degree. Um, I got about three years in and decided that wasn't for me, but it was a little late to turn it around. So um, I ended up um, doing my senior internship at Peaceful Acres Horses out in Rotterdam. Um, And I did some summer camps with kids from Parsons Family Center. And that's when I knew that's what I wanted to be doing. Um, Just being able to share my love of horses with with those kids and see how that impacted them was really incredible. So I skipped four years after that until I got my job at THS, uh, because it's not super common still around here. So it's kind of hard to find that career. Um, and I've, I've just been loving it.
0: It's, it actually, it's awesome because I, I like what really actually, when I read the website and saw what you, what you did at, at Rita over the last couple of years, cause you've been coming to Rita now for A few years now. Is this year your second or third Yeah, this was our second. Second. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been our
2: third. (laughs) It
0: would have been the third. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember. Um, I actually, I wanted to ask you, what makes thoroughbred suited for this type of retraining? Mm -hmm. Is it, I'm really curious about that because they are a really specific animal that is bred to (laughs) do a certain thing. And it's, it's pretty interesting.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so yeah, we take thoroughbred and standard bred, So horses, the racehorses that do the harness track as well. And we find that these horses are really hard workers. Um, and a lot of horses really like to still have a job after racing um, and they're very passionate and loyal animals and extremely intuitive. So thoroughbreds in particular and standardbreds have that extra hardworking side of things um but what we've found too is just that it's it's a it's a need in the community so horses live to 30 40 years old and in their racing careers they usually don't race past i would say 5 or 6 years old and so they have a whole lifetime afterwards and there's a lot of different aftercare programs that like new vocations um, that take these retired racehorses in retrain them to be riding horses Um, But what we do to kind of fill that other need is we try to take horses that are not able to be ridden. So horses that have been injured and, um, you know, beyond being able to become sound again, um, because we don't do riding at our, at our program. So it's all groundwork. And so we're able to kind of uh, fill that niche of horses that are in need of a home and, and are not able to be ridden. Um, And I just find with thoroughbreds and standard breads, actually, especially, they're just, it's the hardworking side of it, but it's also, they just have this compassion that is really, really incredible. And they really like to be around people and be social. And we have all different kinds of personalities at the farm. We definitely have horses that are more antisocial. And I think that that's important as well. Um, but in general, they love to have a job and they love the attention. <laughs> a lot of the thoroughbreds are very used to so much attention in the racing world, and they definitely still get that here with us. So I think that they really thrive on that as well.
0: Kind of goes to show about how much that our human condition is so f- close related to our animal spirit condition. Mm-hmm. That they that they have the same emotional, like I mean, now granted, they don't have the same skill level of being able to break down those things, but it's amazing that these animals can peer into your soul and know that they feel like they've seen you before. I kind of, actually, you kind of brought up something that I, I, I know this is mental health, but I kind of, you kind of brought up something that I think a lot of people, especially in the five one eight area, probably need to hear from someone who, who understands these horses. You take retired horses who have been hurt and we hear so much every year during Saratoga about horses being euthanized when is there and I, i'm not trying to talk off turn or out of turn from your expertise or anything but is there a time where a horse is beyond saving and and do you have do you, does any farms like yours have any say in that or are horses given to you? Or do you like, how do you get horses receive horses? And I, I'm not, they're not a commodity there, but I, how do you <laughs> receive horses to, to use in your therapy practice? And, and where's the distinction between when a horse is euthanized and beyond saving and being able to say, be saved at a, at a facility like yours?
2: Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, and I think, yeah, it is a very hot topic uh, here in Saratoga and I think at, around every racetrack. Um, so I don't, you know, I'm more on the retirement side, so I can't speak too much about it. But I do know that the Jockey Club is an overarching association that um, kind of, it, it sets rules for each track and all of the racing in in the United States. And they have set standards for things like that. So there is a point where a break is so bad on a 1200 pound animal that they will not be able to heal. And then that is, I think when they make that choice and then there's, you know, like I would say probably, again, I'm not a vet, I'm not sure, but a break that is a lot a larger part of the leg or something like that. And they have, you know, licensed, excellent veterinarians And people uh, on the board that make those decisions. And I think we need to be able to trust that, especially if we want to, you know, be a part of that racing community, that they're doing the right thing for the animal in that moment. Um, Some of the horses that we've gotten, um, well, actually, I guess maybe this is a good example of it. All of the horses that we've gotten who have come to us because of injuries, they've had an injury. It hasn't been so bad that they haven't been able to go through rehab and attempt retraining and racing again. And then when they get to retraining, they find that the pressure is too hard on the body and there's a concern for a break. So we have two, um, two standard bred, uh, geldings, uh, male horses who came to us at three and four years of age. So very young, one of them hadn't even raced yet. They both had breaks in their feet and they were able to rehab and attempt to retrain. And that's when the owners and the trainers found out this is too much pressure on their body. We could try more, but we don't want to hurt the horse to the point where we would have to euthanize because the break would be too bad. So they're able now to move freely, live in the paddocks. No problem. We just can't run them, basically.
1: I was thinking about this question before you even answered this this one from Will, but uh, is, it, is it noticeable at all for... Like, say, if you had a a horse that, you know, couldn't run anymore or, you know, maybe seemed, I guess, depressed in the horse world. Do you notice a difference with the horse when it is with the people?
2: Yes. Yes, I do. Um, We have one horse in particular. His name is Quentin, one of our uh, young standard breds that uh, retired early and came to us. He uh, loved racing. We're still very close with his owner. He contributes every year and comes and visits him. He's a great supporter of the, of the program. Um, and he tells me that Quentin just absolutely thrived on racing. And for a while, when we brought him back, you could see him missing that he really needed to put his mind to something and his body. He's very much in his body horse. Um, he's, he can't really like stand still very often. He's always fidgeting and wanting to move around. He's still very young, you know, young guy. And, um, so what we do for transition for our horses typically is first and foremost, we just let them go be horses in the paddock. And that can be very foreign to them because, in the, you know, during racing, they grow up their first uh, year, year and a half of life, being able to run free in the paddocks, going in at the stalls at night, typically, And then when they get into training, it's you're in a stall, unless you're working. And that's, I don't, not, that's not to say that that's a bad thing. That's how the program works and that works for the horses. But when we take them in, all of our horses live outside 24 seven. So we just put them in a paddock and we let them run. Um, and before I start retraining them and kind of working their brains again, I like to just give them some time to rest and, and relax. Um, I usually do about six months, but with Quentin, I did, I think four, because he got so bored that he was getting into trouble in the paddock and (laughs) breaking fences and he's a chewer. So he likes to, um, chew the fences. Uh, when you come in to groom him, he would just pick up the bucket and walk away with the brushes. (laughs) Um, so you could see, like, he was like, give me more. I need more. And so we put him through the retraining process early and he flew through in no time—the quickest train I've ever had. He's fearless. He's confident. He's very connected, and so he lights up now. And he attention is his like number one favorite thing. You tell him he's a pretty boy, and he'll do anything for you. Um, and he is very—he's very cute. So he has that going for him. Yeah, so can't blame you can him there. See yeah. That. yeah. You, <laughs> you tell
0: me, I'm a pretty I boy. A I'll jump spot. up and down.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'll do anything. Yeah. (laughs) It works every time. So, so that was an example of, you know, like he, it it wasn't necessarily, I didn't see it as depression so much as boredom. He, and he, he was very clearly asking me, you know, for more, for more stimulation. And so that, and that worked out. So every horse is different in terms of that process. And I mean, all of it.
1: Very cool. Now, does he, is, does he uh, interact with, with people in the process? as far as like the he- like the healing goes or is he something separate
2: yeah he's actually in our main therapy herd right now oh, okay. um, yeah so he's he's a bit young so there's there's times where i need to ask him to give us some space that's the thing that he's not very good about giving people space he just kind of wants to be on top of you all the time Um, And so when I bring like a really little kid in, sometimes I'll take him out because he just, he gets too excited. Um, And he's a big, he's a big standard bread too. So, but in general, yes, he's part of that. And he's a great horse for um, learning how to set your boundaries because he, Pushes those a lot. And so, for someone who's trying to, you know, learn how to kind of stand up for themselves and their relationships, he's very good for that. But he's also, he's goofy and affectionate. He's the clown of the herd. And so, it's never aggressive. It's always like he's making you laugh, but you have to be like, okay, that's enough, you know? And so, I think he's really good because he keeps things light, but he really challenges you as well.
1: So, do you see um, a variety of, uh, I guess, of people coming there for, for a variety of different reasons, I guess is what I should have said, you know, not just, uh, you know, they come for like boundaries, depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. a bunch of different things.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of PTSD, trauma, um, communication skills, couples counseling, no uh, we work with, yeah. Couples counseling is my favorite. <laughs> it's huh. so fun. Cause it's just so, it's so different, you know, to have two people in there working on, you know, similar goals together. And it's just really great for communication. We have this one exercise where um, we call it the brain and the body and one person in the couple has to be silent and um, is the only one that can touch the horse. So we, we tell them they have to put a halter on the horse. And then the other person in the, in the relationship uh, can only speak and cannot touch the tool, cannot touch the horse and so they have to be very very clear with their words in describing how to do it so the person that can't speak and can only touch the horse is supposed to try to pretend like they don't have a brain they're only the body so they have to very specifically follow what their partner is saying to them and i find it's a great example of you know when you you think you might be as clear as possible with your words but the other person might not necessarily hear it the same way. And I see that all the time in relationships. And it's just, it's in this space where the horse might be chewing on the halter and being a goofball and making you laugh. And it's just a different way to look at, I think a really common problem in relationships. So I love couples. I haven't done couples in a while. And so I keep talking about it because I really want to get another couple in there. Um, But yeah, we work with, we work a lot with kids too. Um, on communication skills, identifying your feelings and putting words to them, problem solving, when you're feeling frustrated, working through those feelings, uh, building relationships and connections. Um, And we work with all ages, but I've just specifically seen us, we've been working with kids a lot lately, veterans with PTSD, people with domestic abuse and trauma. um, It kind of as far as I can tell, works for everybody.
0: <laughs> yeah, it wow, sounds, this is great. It sounds like it would work for everyone. <laughs> I, I'm I'm really drawn to. I, uh, how is your? What is your experience? What has working with horses taught you about yourself and your own mental mm-hmm. health?
2: Yeah, so um, I grew up riding with horses, and I think that that is when I really first got the glimpse of what they could do for me um, and coming back to them as an adult was, I mean, I I can't really imagine not doing it now. Um, I'm a very anxious person and I'm an overthinker. I'm also a fixer to a fault, uh, which has, you know, I'm continuously working on all those things. It's just part of being human, right? They slow me down and keep me calm. They're really good reflectors of what I'm feeling inside. So I love my job. It is a stressful job. I'm working for a nonprofit and I'm in charge of 20 horses who injure themselves all the time. And, you know, there's always something coming up and we're growing at a ridiculous rate. And it's amazing, but it is a lot of work. And so, as an already anxious person, I can get stressed out pretty easily. I find they always let me know. I, I struggle to ask for help a lot of the time as well. So <laughs> um, so I, I can go into their space and I can say to myself, I'm fine. And they will reflect to me that I'm not. And sometimes if I'm feeling a lot of anger, they kind of stay away from me. If I'm feeling more of like a uh, sad for myself kind of feeling, they move into me and they physically will put themselves on me, you know, like, uh, George, one of our most popular therapy horses, he will kind of put his body where you are underneath his neck and he'll press his nose against your back, like a horse hug as close as you can get. Um, they really, they just really respond to what you're feeling. So even if I think I might be feeling fine or I'm feeling sad about something, They, they respond to it really quickly. Um, If I try to rush through anything, which I try all the time and I always fails and I keep, (laughs) keep going back to it. They, they push me to slow down because they won't work with me. If I'm trying to just run in and grab a horse and just get something done, they feel that high energy and they don't want to be around me. And so it's very, it's a very quick fix. They, they move away and I say, okay, I got to take a deep breath. I just need to take a minute and everything's going to be fine. Um, and so I feel like they just always remind me to slow down and take deep breaths, which is something that I'm always going to need to be learning. And it's just done in such a gentle way. You know, it's not, it's never like hurtful. It's never hard. They're, they just, move away from me. And I think, Oh, okay. Yep. I'll take a breath before I walk towards you again. (laughs) So they've, they've just been really great for me in that way. And there's, they're always, you know, a shoulder to cry on when you need it. And, um, they just teach you a lot about self-care because that's, what's natural to them is just to make sure that they and their family survive, you know, life is so simple for animals. They're just themselves. They're not self-conscious, you know, they don't, they're not worried about what they look like. They are just there to live. And I just feel like it's always a really good reminder for us to slow things down. And I I can definitely overcomplicate things in my life. And they they always simplify it right away.
1: How great is it to have those reminders daily. Wow.
2: It is. It's it's wonderful. I feel so lucky. Like I don't know what I would do if I was that stressed all the time and I didn't have them. <laughs>
0: I, that kind of leads me into my next question because uh, Tim and I were both at Rita this year and Tim may have been gone at the end by the time this happened, but I I was witness to them having to get the horses back loaded in and we are all about tips and tools here. So I'm really curious to know when a horse is when a horse is reflecting back to you, your aggression or whatever was going on at that moment, what is the <laughs> first, what is the first tip that you can give to anyone to say, how do you calm yourself down in a moment like that when that's going on? Because you said mm-hmm. your, your job is high stress. You, I mean, those, if they don't want to get in, it can cause them injuries. Like there's all kinds of variables that happen. Well, how do you keep yourself centered? How do you get yourself centered again?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So. Uh, first and foremost, stop and take some really deep breaths. And in those deep breaths, I always make sure to, to breathe out a bit longer than you think is possible. And that really helps me bring that next breath back in. Um, I do a lot of yoga, um, and I got to get back into meditation. (laughs) I've gotten out of that. Um, but that, 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 just being still for a moment is really huge. And something that I do with the horses in that moment where kid blast just did not want to get back on the trailer. And I didn't know what to do. (laughs) I, I really didn't have a solution. I just knew the only thing I could do was try to stay calm and I was frustrated and I was exhausted. It had been a really long day and I had tried all of the horsemanship skills that I could think of and none of it was working. And so I took them for a little walk. We went for a couple circles around what horses do often is they to kind of address a problem or a threat in their environment is they will, they'll run away from it in a circle where they can get a little further away, look at it at a different angle, and then they'll stop and evaluate before moving in again. And so I try to do that myself mentally and also with the horse, like, okay, maybe we just need to take the pressure off for a minute. Just stay, take a breath. Don't even try to come up with a solution right away. Just let yourself be. Um, So first and foremost, it's, it's stop and breathe for me every time.
0: Yeah. And I think that that just goes to speak truth to the fact that I think we get into reactive mode so much that we can't Mm -hmm. respond properly. And that's awesome. I I like, that was so cool that you did. That was such a good tip. I like, so awesome. Like, and it was just so like, as a matter of fact, like it's one of those things that you've developed and practiced because we, as we know, mm-hmm. just like you said, with getting back into meditation, I'm like, yes, there's no such thing as bad meditation, but I just, my practice is very in, in not very good at the time. Cause I'm very yeah. like, I, I can't sit down most days and I just, I don't force myself to do it like I should because it is a practice and you have to put it into the rhythm of the day. So. Exactly. He's like, exactly.
1: He's, like a, he's like that horse here.
0: That just doesn't want to sit still. Yeah. yeah I got to run around fidgeting. in a circle. I got to run around in a circle. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I problem is, no, is no. I, I have a, I have a bad back and neck and yeah. I just, if I sit in one spot for too long, I stiffen up and I'm I've trying moved to like stretch five times already. Well, so. <laughs> I, I'm getting ready to start the MBSR um John Cabot Zinn program because my therapist wants me to start it. And there's Hatha yoga in it. And so I was watching a video this morning and I was like trying to do some of these things. And I was like, whoa, I guess I really do have some bad spots that need to be stretched out. <laughs> Um, Thank you so much for being here uh, this morning. It's been awesome to talk to you and stuff. Uh, Tim, what else would you like to ask Laura before we start wrapping it up with our big lightning round? I I guess maybe,
1: um, you know, how people uh, can find the, you know, her and and the therapeutic horses. Um, I, I actually have a personal question. Do you, is is there any insurance that will accept this kind of therapy?
2: Yeah, so um, we work directly with ECS Psychological Services. Um, they're a local private mental health office. They have an office uh, right on Church Street by the Saratoga Hospital. And then their main office is right on site at the farm. Um, so they take a variety of insurances. I don't keep quite track of it but anybody can contact ecs to find out what insurances they take Um, that is something that can make it complicated unfortunately if they're not you know taking the insurance and that's something that we've run into uh quite a bit lately is that if ecs can't take the insurance then we can't take the client Uh, Because they're the professional licensed therapists that make it all happen. You know, we've got the horses, they've got the therapists. So um, we do offer recreational services that are non therapeutic and can be done without insurance. But if you're looking for the therapy side, you would uh, need to contact ECS psychological services.
0: So there's no sliding private pay scale then?
2: There is, but it's still dependent on, say, they don't take CDPHP. They may or may not take private pay through CDPHP. So it still depends on what insurance company it is. I got you. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: yeah and that's the big thing about therapy, I think. And that, mm-hmm. see, that's a barrier for so many people. That, you know, if your insurance doesn't cover this therapist, but you want to go there, it makes you jump through it it makes the process so daunting for so many that are already under so much weight that they can't think straight that it just, it makes your services even more valuable to be able to get but even people can't receive the services because, you know, we can't, you know, we don't have a system in place that, you know, I just, it's, it's infuriating sometimes. Laura, thank you so much. Uh, therapeutic, uh, therapeutic horses of Saratoga. We are going to put all the links in the show notes. I'll have all your links in the show notes. Um, if there's anything that you want to send me specific for anything coming up in the upcoming months as we're getting into winter, I know it's probably harder for the horses and stuff because of uh, the weather conditions here in the yeah, five hundred and eighteen yeah. and stuff. Um, we end the show every time with three questions. And I'm going to have Tim start.
1: Do you have a favorite or a least favorite word?
2: <laughs> um, I can immediately think of a least favorite and it's moist. I'm <laughs> one of those people. I just <laughs> it it yep. makes me swir- squirm. Like I just, you know, I've gotten used to it over the years, but no, I don't. I can't. I don't like that word. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first.
0: No, you're not I'm the sure. first. No, you're not.
2: <laughs> I think that's a common one.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a couple, there's one other that's very common that I was surprised at a few people that I wouldn't have suspected to drop, drop that. I was like, okay, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I totally get it. Oh, I love it. What what about a favorite word?
2: Oh, gosh, I don't know. I haven't thought about that one. Um I don't even know if I could pick just one. I am actually a words person. I like to write. And so that almost makes it harder. I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it.
2: Yeah.
0: As somebody who's learning how to write. Yeah. Or relearning how to write. I should say probably. Cause I think we're all right. <laughs> I think we're all writers at heart when we're kids. So the next question yeah. is I I've kind of changed this up a little bit because I've realized that our animals and animals in general take such a special place. So do you have a favorite pet, a, a spirit animal or both? Hmm.
2: So obvi- like the obvious answer would be horses. I love horses, but to and sometimes the
0: obvious more- answer and sometimes the obvious answer isn't always the obvious answer too. Cause yes. you, that may yep. not be your spirit animal.
2: Well, and that's the thing too. Like, I think that they're really incredible and I love them so much. I, have never, I, for a long time, was never really a cat person. I am now um, a cat mom to two, and I think one of my favorite things about them. I'm an introvert at, at heart, and so they're they're kind of like <laughs> blase attitude. <laughs> they either want to be around you or they don't want you to even look at them. I think I can relate to very well because I'm kind of an extroverted introvert. You know, I I thrive and recharge on isolation and quiet time but I love my people and I'm also, uh, it can be very, very social too. And both of our cats are kind of like both at once. And I just feel like they get me.
0: Yeah. I, I can, I can concur with that. My, <laughs> my cat loves Timmy. Fernando loves Timmy.
2: Oh, but, but Timmy's
0: learned to set, Timmy's learned to set boundaries with. Yes. Him. It's like with the horses. Like I set boundaries with He's Fernando. A, <laughs> he sets boundaries of Fernando.
2: I love it. <laughs>
1: Um, so if there was something that you would like to see done for mental health as a whole, without any kind of restraints, what would it be?
2: I think going back to the conversation about insurance is huge. I've had to turn away too many people, um, whether that be, you know, I mean, I think free insurance for all would be a great start. Um, but. I don't know what it would look like, but to be able to help anybody, no matter what their insurance is, I think would be huge. Um, I've just, I've lost the opportunity too many times and it's just something that, you know, as far as I can tell, it can't be helped, but I don't know that side of things. And so, um, I think that that would be really huge. And in particular for our work with equine therapy, um, there's a lot of barriers for people who say live in the city. Um, I'd love to be able to do programs, you know, in or right around large cities or people who have maybe never even seen a horse would be able to get that same thing that we can offer, you know, in upstate New York where it's horse country.
0: Actually, you kind of actually... Made me think of another question because that wouldn't have come up if you hadn't said what you just said, because we're obviously in New York and we obviously have some of the biggest racetracks in the Mm -hmm. on the East Coast up here in Belmont and Aqueduct Mm -hmm. and, and Saratoga and stuff is, is there a way for you? Is there other organizations around the state that you're locked in with or that you work with around like any of those other track areas or in like, say even Kentucky.
2: So that's something that we're a big goal for therapeutic courses of Saratoga is we want to be a pilot program um, to kind of teach other programs, how to get started around racetrack. So, yeah, that's a great question. And I think we do want to expand probably the next place we would go when we're ready is down in Florida. Um, the owner, and founder, Aaron Sisk and her husband have connections down there near the tracks as well. Um, and there's a big need. Yeah. Around any of the tracks, there's a ton of, uh, rehab rehome programs for resources all over the country. Uh, but to be able to add that element of mental health, that is, that is a big goal for us. We don't really have those connections right now because we are still pretty young. We're only, we've only been a nonprofit for three years. Um, Aaron's been practicing mental or, uh, equine therapy for, uh, 15. Um, but you know, so we're, we're growing at a crazy rate right now. So I'm hoping that those things can, can come soon afterwards. Um, but that does make me think of too, just as a quick sidebar, something that you all might like to check out. Um, Columbia university has done a, a research program on the effects of equine therapy, uh, on veterans with PTSD, and this is one of the, really the, the first really big uh, research experiment on the, fa- the effects of equine therapy. So we have a ton of testimonials. People have been doing this for years, but they have actual brain scans that show the difference before and after equine therapy. On veterans with severe trauma um so that's a, just a great thing to check out and look into and we do have some connections with columbia we're hoping to uh continue to be able to work with them in the future and be kind of their next uh one of their next experiment spots for that
0: awesome congratulations that's great that would be amazing yeah for that's, you. that's 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 awesome. really cool I
1: think, yeah i think that would be uh you know it'd be really cool if you know you could get some kind of somebody that could back you up and get almost make it like your own little like ranch and you could have people that would could come and stay for like a weekend. Like you said, like if they live in a city or something like that, you know, I mean, obviously, it would, you know, these are extravagant ideas. But, you know, how cool would that be to have somebody come and stay on the ranch and just wake up and like have the day with the horses? Yes. You'd have yep. this, you know. That is Very actually cool something stuff. we're
2: hoping to, to do too. Like we did, we kind of, we're starting to try things out and we did a one, one week intensive program with a vet from down in the city, Uh veteran, sorry. And um, that was the first time we've done something like intensive like that. And we're already talking about building cabins on the property. So yes, I uh, think that, that would awesome. be really Good incredible. Yeah. It's just a beautiful that spot would be amazing. too. So Yeah.
0: That's awesome. That is so good. Um, Laura, while you've got the chance, we have a pretty big platform in the 518 via Nippertown. Uh, Shout out to Nippertown and Jim and everybody. Is there anything specific related to the area that you need to get out? Um, Your episode will be out in probably a few weeks. So, probably around Mm -hmm. Christmas time, somewhere in there. So, if there's anything you need or would like to say, please.
2: Yeah. So thank you. Um, We are, we did just do a fundraiser um, two weekends ago and we're still working on gathering funds for a hay barn. Um, Right now we have an indoor arena space where we store our hay. Um, Our horses eat, four horses will eat about 500 pounds of hay a week right now. And so it's, um, we have 20 of them. So, um, hay is a really important resource and it's something that, you know, we, we have to have to, to feed the horses through the winter. And right now we're storing it in a space that is also supposed to be space to provide therapy and training for the horses during the winter months. So right now it's kind of cramped in there so we're raising funds, uh, to add an addition onto that arena where we can store the hay and then have that space for a dry, a bit warmer space, uh, for a therapy during the winter. You guys know how it is <laughs> in the middle of the winter in 518. So, um, a lot of people it's, it's hard to go out. We're also on an open plane. So it, you know, it gets down to 15 degrees and windy and no one wants to be out there, not even the horses. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so we're, we're really trying to raise some money. I think we're at a almost 10 grand now thanks to that um, fundraiser and some amazing people in the community. So i um, just looking to that, continue that. We do have a link on our website as well. Okay.
1: So if you, if, if it's possible, if you could send that link to will yeah. or, or, or the website or whatever, and people can go to the website and we can direct them to the link.
0: Yeah. I'll, Absolutely. I'll, everything will be included in show notes. And if there's a specific email Laura that you want used for anything specific like as you know as far as like programming or you know I don't mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly but you can send me whatever links you want me to include too if there's specific links to you guys in in in-house organization wise.
2: Okay perfect I'll send that over to you well thank awesome. you awesome
0: thank you um Laura thank you so much for taking your time out of your busy Sunday morning and I we appreciate it so much uh it, it, it it's been a pleasure and I cannot wait to meet you again in person. Cause I didn't get a chance to meet you at mm-hmm. Rita this year. Cause I was too busy running around, but um, <laughs> thank you for being there and for being in, for being in Saratoga and for doing what you do. So Timmy, you got anything else for me, buddy? No, just what you said. Thank you for doing what you do. And
1: you know, to open my, I, I didn't realize, you know, the, the vastness of it all. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I knew from um, a friend of the show Rob, who is a first responder and he he had some equine therapy and I, you know, I've seen, seen stuff with PTSD and veterans and stuff, but, uh, this whole couples therapy and kids, and uh, it's just, you know, anything, obviously anything that's positive that can help people out is, is what we need, you know, and what we need to, to promote and get out there and let people know that it is there for them.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you both so much. And I love what y'all do. I mean, I just think it's, it's just so cool and really important to continue to have an open conversation about mental health, and I'm honored to be here. So thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, uh, thank you for being here. We're um, yeah. we are honored to be the curators of hope. So it's mm-hmm. awesome that you get to share like we that you will share your story with us, and we wouldn't be able to do it if it wasn't for you being able to share your story. So we thank you. So Absolutely. until next. So until next week, everyone, thank you again for listening to Above Ground Podcast. Don't forget to follow all the socials, click all the notifications, bells, clicks, you know, do whatever. So until next week, be well, (laughs) be safe, be Above. above.